0: So we're titling this message, uh, Dollars and Cents, uh, S-E-N-S-E, and we're going to contrast over the next four weeks about the difference between biblical sense and worldly sense, and and from a financial perspective. Some of the things that you may think about, and and we get kind of inundated with this every, I would say, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, is coming on tonight, and you're going to have multitudes and just just commercials 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 it's always going to be it's going to be about you know things that you can buy food that looks really good to buy cars automobile you know whatever Uh, charging things you know credit card commercials Uh, and it's not going to be any coincidence and so some of the things that you may think about as we think about you know what is it it's buy now pay later right uh you know it's your way right away right uh, what's in your wallet, right, right, my wallet, not so, not, not a lot right now, so um, it's instant gratification, we, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody, man, if I get and go to the drive-thru, I want to be, I want to drive right up through the window, I want to, I need it right then, I got to have whatever I want right then, uh, and so it's the same thing, if we see something that we decide, man, I got to have that, I need a new car, I need this, I need that, I can buy it and pay for it later, got these these nice little charge cards, right? And so that gives us the mindset of that we're a self-made person. It gives us the mindset that, you know, we are in charge from a financial perspective, right? Uh, And what that does is when we do that is we define ourselves by the world's standards, not by God's standards. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about this day, uh, today. So um again what we're going to do first of all first more importantly and this is not you know you may be coming in new this first time we've talked about tithing or money in about two years uh that you know that we were trying to figure out so this is not something we do you know every week uh, but I think it is needful at this time so what we want to look at first in our first key principle is we must realize or I must realize that the Lord is my provider not me right um we want to look at Deuteronomy verse eight or chapter eight, verses eighteen. Uh, this is the instruction that he gave the Israelites uh, when they were going into the promised land. He said, "Hold on, guys. When you get there, you're going to have all this wealth, all these goods. But I want you to remember something: Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swore unto thy fathers, fathers as it is this day." Job twelve, in whose hand is the soul. Of every living thing and the breath of all mankind, and that hand is the Lord's. And so, you know, you may, if you're not a believer today, it's, it's okay. Uh, you know, God's got good news for you too. Uh, Matthew 5:45 it says that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for He maketh His sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. And so, what this implies, or what this verse tells us, is there's common grace for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're saved, it doesn't matter if you're unsaved, God is looking over everything, uh, and he's in control of this universe. The second thing we want to look at as we kind of get into, this is all intro, we need to understand that, you know, I can trust the Lord with my salvation, and we do that if we've been saved, we've put our trust and faith in him to save us, he's responsible for keeping our soul, why can't we trust him with his resources? So that's what we need to look at. And, and what we're going to see as we go through this study is we're not just talking about money. We're all his resources uh, all, as a person. Uh, so, and so Psalm 24 one says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof the world, and they that dwell therein. So I'm pretty sure that that means all of us. Uh, Psalm fifty, twelve, it says, If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. And so, what we want to understand is because it's not our resources, it's his resources. What we want to we're going to throw around this term over the next four weeks. is called being a steward, uh, and a steward. If those of us in you know that work for a living, uh, some of us may be in a managerial position. And so, what that means is you're responsible for the people under you. You're responsible for those people and you're responsible for the resources. You're responsible for ordering things and supplies and things like that. And so we are as a, a steward or a manager of God's resources. And so for those of us that are managers, not only, you know, we don't just can't just go willy-nilly or we're not gonna be a manager very long. We have to give an account of every you know, I have to give an account of everything that I order at work, everything that I do. And so we, as a steward of God's resources at the judgment seat of Christ, are going to give an account as well. Uh, And so it's very important for us. And so, you know, Jesus, you know, maybe maybe you know this, maybe you not. Um, He spoke about money, more than heaven, more than hell, or anything else. Uh, The Word of God. Just you know, you can jot this down if you want, and turn your page over. I I was, I know your stuff's kind of crowded. There's 500 verses about heaven, approximately. There's approximately 500 verses about faith, approximately 600 verses about singing. There's two, over 2,350 verses on money. And so what that tells us and what that, which we should learn from this is that it's important what we do with money. God wouldn't have emphasized it if he didn't. And we want to see throughout Scripture, you know, that all Scripture... 2 Timothy 3.16 is given uh, by instri- inspiration of God. It's for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, and so all the scriptures about money are important to us as we apply this uh, study that we're going to look at. Romans 15.4, for whatsoever the things were written before time were written for our learning, that we may through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And so what I want us to understand today is that it's not... I understand where we're at in the church age, I get that, but it's all scripture. It's the Old Testament and it's the New Testament, and we have to apply the whole scriptures to what we want to talk about as far as money, right? All right, right. so that being said, we're going to pray, and then we are going to get going. That's my cough drop I've got to get, so uh, let's pray, and we'll get going and see what God has for us today. Dear God, we love you. Uh, We're so thankful for everything that you do for us. Uh, You've been so good to us. All these resources are yours. Everything that we have, everything that we are uh this everything is yours and I pray dear God and not just our money it's our time our talent and our treasure I pray that today uh maybe we haven't had that attitude about uh our money our time uh, the things that you've given us the gifts that you've given us maybe uh we think we're self-made people uh, I pray that as we go through this today maybe you start to open our eyes just a little bit about uh what you really have for us and what uh you intend for us to do with your resources dear God uh, I thank you for the time. I thank you for the chance to stand up here. I know that I'm not worthy to be doing this. I know that. Uh, but I just pray that you can speak through me, uh, that you can just touch souls and touch lives, uh, that maybe we'll be different than when we came in. I love you and give this time to you. All these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. So we are going today make sense of the tithe. Uh, you know, any of us that have been around church world for a while? Uh, we, we understand, hopefully, what the tithe is, but I wanted, you know, Jay and I kind of put this lesson together, uh, together, and so, you know, I had to, for myself, and maybe, you know, I had to dumb it down just a little bit, so, you know, when we go in school, what's the first thing that we say, we, when we look at a question and we look at a problem, we say, who, what, where, when, and why, right? Uh, and so today, we're going to take that same approach and we're looking at the tithe. So, the first thing we're going to look at, the first question we're to ask is, what is it? What is the tithe? The word tithe means 10% or a tenth. Okay? Uh, so, and yes, I'm, not, I'm defining these terms by the Bible. Okay? So, I'm not going to define it by any kind of uh, dictionary. Uh, this is what the Bible says about it. Uh, Leviticus, uh, the first kind of intro of this as far as uh, it's not the first intro but it's f- kind of clearly what God said about it and all the tithe of the land whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's it is holy unto the Lord Leviticus twenty thirty two. Uh, and concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock even of whatsoever passeth under the rod the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord and so what we see is a tenth means a tenth or ten percent so we have a little math test for you you know, right? So I make $100. What does that mean my tithe is? $10, right? All right. So if it's $500, it's $50. Uh, if it's $639.85, what is it? Well, it's 70. No, it's, it's $63.99, right? Uh, I appreciate that that you went up, uh, Allie. The point being that, that, 10% belongs to the Lord, it all, it's really all His, but uh, that's just, this is kind of our first step, and so what we want to see is this 10%, and something I had to learn, and this is just a side note, uh, as I was growing in discipleship and kind of figuring out, you know, for myself what it meant to really follow Christ, my wife had to correct me on some things, um, a 10th is off of the top, it's off of the gross, it's not off of the net, Okay? Uh, you know I thought I was being all righteous so I'm taking it off the net oh here's my 10% well that's that's not the way it works so it's off of the gross Uh, so that's the what it's a 10% of whatever you bring in uh, it belongs to the Lord second number two it is the when Uh, we want to look at this really quickly Uh, the tithe was recorded before during and after the law and so, you know, we're obviously maybe you've had the attitude, well, that was this is an Old Testament thing. Or maybe, you know, that was what they did then. We shouldn't do it now. What we're going to see is looking through scriptures that it is all throughout the, the scriptures, uh, all scriptures. So first thing, we got this slide up here. If you go ahead and go to the next one for me. You've got five different examples here. The first one is Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek and, uh, you know, we're not, we may answer who Melchizedek was later, Corey. That's for you. Um, but uh, So Abraham or Abram gave, tithe, gave tithes as early as Genesis 14. The, and so he's the one that started this. The next one we see in Genesis 28 is Jacob gave tithes at the stone. Uh, and so we're going to look at all these in instances individually. We've already looked at the Levitical standard uh, that was given to Israel by God to tithe. That was part of the law that he, he uh, instituted. The last book in the Bible, as far as the Old Testament, right before we get into the New Testament, it only applies to us, right? Uh, It's Malachi 3, 8 through 12. It talks about uh, tithing, and we're really going to hit that hard, hopefully, at the end of this message if we get to it. And lastly, uh, Jesus in the New Testament told the Pharisees uh, that the tithe was expected. And so, you know, obviously, you know, we as believers kind of think sometimes... We want to, we, want, we approach the Bible, none of you of course, uh, but we approach the Bible as a buffet, right? We're going to, I'm going to, I like the potato salad, I don't like the green beans, you know, I like the pork, whatever, you know, that's how we approach the Bible, right? Uh, and you may ask, well, what, what is the result of that? Well, we end up with a church on every corner that has different names and different denominations uh, because... We pick and choose what's good for us, um, and so what we need to see in this is that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament, a portion of, of this Scripture, uh, when He was talking to the Pharisees. The first thing he's in Matthew five seventeen, He told them, He told the scribes, He told everybody that cared to listen, "Think not that I am come to destroy the Law or the Prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill." And so Jesus uh, went through a whole, just you know, in Matthew five, He talked about. Uh, going above and beyond what, what the law said, whatever the law was, well, we're going a step higher. Uh, and so uh, his standard, he was trying to say, is even higher than this law. Uh, and I'm going to show you. Uh, so let's look at Ma- Matthew 5:38. just one example. It says, Ye have heard that it, it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Um, and if any man will sue thee at the law, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain or two. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. And so Jesus said, you know what? We're going a step further in what this law says because it's about uh, your heart attitude. It's about, you know, how you really feel about God. Um, Luke eleven forty two. But woe unto you Pharisees. For you tithe, mint, and rue, all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment in the love of God. These ought you have done, and not to leave the other undone. So what he's telling these scribes and Pharisees, yeah, I'm glad you're tithing. I'm glad you're tithing the mint and the herbs and all these different things. But you have not done the other things. You've, you've worried so much about the law uh, that you have forgot how, what it means for grace and truth and love. In other words, you've got to do both. You can't just do one. Uh, So whatever the law required through Christ, this bar has been raised. He fulfilled it, and now our lives are to exceed it. Um, So what we need to understand through this is tithing is the minimum. Tithing is the lightest, easiest, simplest thing. Yeah, you can go ahead and go with that. That's fine. Um, So it's the bare minimum according to the Word of God. Um, And that's what he told them. This This is like kid stuff. You know, this is like the first thing that you do is you need to tithe. But a man, after this, you've got some growing to do. You've got some things that you need to do as far as how you approach other people. And so what we see in the New Testament, and this is going to get in a, lot of you, a lot of our grills today, is we see in the New Testament they're still tithing. But they're going above and beyond the tithe. They're going, you know, you look at the church at Macedonia uh, in 2 Corinthians 8. Man, those guys didn't have nothing. I mean, they, you know, they, God records that, but everything that they give, he's, he's rebuking the Corinthian church and saying, look at these guys, look what they're doing. Uh, and so you guys are rich, you need to step it up. And so the tithe is just, you know, Romans 12, that's your reasonable service. That's the, that's just it, man. That's, let's, let's get to it. Uh, so that's the when. Uh, the next thing, one of the three, number three, who, who, so we've done what we've done when let's look at who. The tithe was tithe was given to the person of Jesus Christ. And how are we going to get there? Well, here's your Melchizedek. We'll get there in just a second. So uh, let's read Genesis uh, chapter 14. Uh, can you all see that? Yeah, that's good. Uh, I can't see it, but you can. I may have to turn this way. So. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of uh and the things that were with him, and the kings that were with him at the valley of Shava, which is the King's Dale, in Melchizedek. King of Salem brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, that's Abraham, of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And so for you Bible scholars or people that are starting to study your Bible, you know, like and as are really important. You know, as far as but there's some other the pronouns as you're reading are very important in who they apply to. So when you read this, you're probably asking yourself, "Well, who gave tithes to who?" Because you've got two guys: you got Melchizedek, you got Abram or Abraham. So who gave the tithes, right? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's turn to Hebrews uh, chapter seven. You're gonna have to turn there because it wouldn't fit on the screen. Hebrews chapter seven. In Sunday school sometimes, whoever gets there first gets to read it, but I won't make y'all do that today. All right, right, so chapter 7. Everybody there? Amen? Good. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. So the writer of Hebrews is recounting this that happened in Genesis 14. To whom also... Abraham gave a tenth part of all, Uh, so he's doing the tithing. First by interpretation, being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. So stop right there for just a second. Are your kings capitalized in your Bible? Hmm, Okay, let's keep going. All right, so without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, been made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, uh, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed uh, of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, and here he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. And as I may say also, and as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, pays tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. And therefore, perfection were by the Levitical priesthood. For under if the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? And so what we see from this is this Melchizedek is a pre-incarnate Christ uh, because he is receiving tithes. He is given the title of king, king of Salem, king of peace. Uh, And so, you know, we joke about that a lot. Who was Melchizedek? Well, I think it's pretty clear who he was. He's a pre-incarnate Christ receiving tithes. uh, So the tithe goes to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so what you need to see today, and what you need to understand today, when you bring your tithe, it's not going to Jay, it's not going to me, it's not going to the leaders of this church, it is going to the person of Jesus Christ that's who receives the tithe. And so, what we need to see, and okay, New Testament application, how do you get there? First Corinthians 12 27, now ye, you all are the body of Christ and members in particular. Uh, let's look at Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Uh, That's really small. Who, who made these slides? I guess that was me. So. Uh, so who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? That's Jesus. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him. Jesus, and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he, Jesus, might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether it be things in heaven, in earth, or things in heaven. So we started out this reading this, and we said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, right? Whose is it? It's Jesus's as well. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And so we need to understand that just like it's Jesus's, or just like it's God's, it's the Lord's, because they are the same. Uh, it's, and so he is God. And so the key for us today, you know, if you're a believer in Christ, everything that you are, Everything that you have and everything that you ever will be are the Lord's. Everything. Isaiah 44, and why? you may ask why. What's he, what's he done with you, for you? If you have to ask that question, then we all need to hit this altar. Isaiah 44:22. 22. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me for I have redeemed thee. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. I love this passage because it's Paul kind of getting an attitude, uh, you know, so he's like, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so, I can get to this without, it ain't just about this. It's not just about the cards, the money. It's everything that you are. Every every fiber, every cell of your being of the Lord's. 1 Corinthians 7, 23, uh, 22, 23. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also that he is called being free is Christ's servant. You're bought with a price. Be not, ye the servants of men. And so what we need to see, and, and I know it's hard, we get just slammed with this stuff every day if we turn on the tv we have to operate under god's standard for us and not the course of this world and the devil runs that so uh point four uh next is where so where do we bring this tithe uh do we just kind of take it and bury it out in the yard and god will get it later uh i mean how does this work where does it go So the tithe was and is brought to the house of God. And so, in other words, it's got to be taken somewhere. It's got to be brought to the Lord. It's got to be brought to the house. And so let's look at Jacob, uh, Genesis 28, 16 through 22. Uh, It says, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. Uh, this is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. This is after he had his dream of you know, Jacob's ladder, right? Jacob rose up early in the morning, took the stone that he had put for his pillows, and set it for a pillar, pour, poured oil upon the top of it. He called in that uh, name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way I go... Uh, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee and so there it is again it's the tithe and so what we see is he defined that place as the house of God and he gave his tithe there and so you know, you're probably reading through this, and again, it's stone. You see the pillar. Uh, hopefully some of us are maybe the stone, the, the wheels are turning. Uh, again, remember, it's the person of Jesus Christ, right? And Jesus is the stone, and Jesus is the rock. Acts 4, 11, 12. This is the stone which was set at naught for you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And so... To bring, and I'm going to, you know, to make this association, you bring your tithe to the Lord by bringing it to the house of God. Uh, and so after the resurrection, the house of God is equal to the local church, it's the local assembling of believers. Uh, how do we get there? Acts 9, 1 through 4. If you remember, Jesus, uh, when he's confronting Saul before he's Paul and on, on the road to Damascus. And he said, Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, the way of Christ, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, Saul did, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And so the thing we need to understand is those two never interacted. But yet, not yet anyway, Um, but what we need to see is that he was persecuting the Lord by persecuting the people of this way. And so that was the church. He was persecuting the church, and the church is the body of Christ. And so what we need to see from that is he persecuted Jesus by persecuting his church. Uh, 1 Timothy 3, 15. Uh, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church, of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So it's going all the way back to Genesis 28 again. Uh, with those, when you compare scripture with scripture. So this... You know these four walls. Yes, I understand that we there's a collective body of Christ that we belong to for saved, but these four walls are the local assembly of believers, um, and so the next point I want to make or the next key is you can't give God's resources back to Him if you don't assemble. Um, you can't if you don't get in your car. Some of us may walk. Some of us may ride a bike. If you don't bring, come in this place, get out your checkbook, or get you know, or get online, or somehow, if you don't assemble to bring it here, uh, then you can't give it to the Lord to be used. And that goes to the next point: the why. What does the tithe do? Why, I mean, why are we? Why do we do this? or why are we collecting it? Um, you know. So you know, I see you're really not feeling me. So I got to tell a joke here. So. Um, and you've probably heard this, and you can if you ha- you can take a cat nap for however long it takes me to say it, tell it. But uh, so a man, his wife, young boy, they come to the church, not this church, because you know it never happened here. Um, and so you know they go through the sermon, and uh, back when I was growing up, you always took the took the uh, tithes and offerings at the end of the service all the time, no matter what. You had a set order that you had to do it, and so. You know they pass the plate around, go home, it had plates, not buckets, they're little bags either so uh so they go home and first thing you do you get you get in the car, you slam the door. God, that preacher was awful that the music was too loud it was too, oh, it was just terrible. The people there are just so unfriendly, and nobody welcomed me, and I don't like the carpet, and it's just oh, it's just awful, it's terrible. so you know, the little boy uh he kind of looks at his dad driving, he says, well, dad, I mean, you got to understand for a pretty good show for a dollar, I mean, uh, so, and none of us have ever done that, of course, you know, my former life, I used to go around to a lot of different churches and see a a lot of different uh, congregations and things like that. and you know if you if you ever if it offends you, but I can't tell you how many times I saw people making change in the offering plate. You ever seen anybody do that? So they get they get the plate, yeah. Usually, so they take the money in and they look and then they look what they've got. Eh, let's get some of that back. So uh, none of us have ever done that, of course. So so what we need to understand from this um, is that the tithe is going to fund the local ministry. Um, and where do we get this? Numbers eighteen. So let's look at it uh, together. It says, "Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance for their service, which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation." And so I pointed out when we started, it's about all Scripture. And yes, I understand if you know maybe you're Jewish. I don't know if you are. Um, maybe you're a tribal Levi. I don't know. I know I'm not. Um, but what we do is that we have to apply this uh, in our context and so what, what was the children of Levi what was their purpose uh, they served in the house of the Lord right? Uh, they were the ones that were going to minister uh, when you read on to 24 it says but the tithes of the children of Israel so the whole congregation when they offer as a heave offering to the Lord I have given the Levites to inherit it so they brought the tithe the Levites inherited it okay um, Therefore I have said to them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. So they didn't get land like every other tribe did. They received the tithe from the people as, as dictated or commanded by God. Uh, so that was God's idea. It wasn't the Levites. It wasn't anybody else's. And so what we need to see from this is what does your tithe go to? Well, look down at your bottom. You're sitting on a seat. Okay. Look up here, you know, the sound system, the, you know, the electricity, uh, everything that you see doesn't just, it didn't just, you know, snap our fingers and it just appeared, you know, those things, again, have to be paid for, Uh, and so what we need to see is that tithe goes to the service of this tabernacle, okay, Uh, it goes to the service of this local assembly of believers, uh, it goes for, you know, these pieces of paper that you have in your hand that have notes on it. It goes for the paying for the copier. It goes for the, the Sunday school material that your children's church uses. Uh, it goes for local outreach, Eggapalooza, uh, you know, Pumpkinpalooza, all these different things, you know, inflatables. Um, all, everything, the roof over your head, the, the ceiling, tithe, everything, that's what your tithe goes to. Uh, and lastly, it goes... To a pastor to study and to preach and to teach God's word. For what purpose? To equip the saints uh, for the work of the ministry. Uh, so when you look at that in Ephesians, do I have that on the screen? I don't. Uh, I may have it later. Uh, but w- when you look at that in Ephesians 4, it's equipping for the work of the ministry so he doesn't have to do it by himself. Okay? Uh, he's, his job is to equip us. Uh, his job is to pour into us. And so who dictates that? Who, who, you know, God did. You know, the tithe was given to the Lord by the people, and God determined where it went. Number one, you know, you may think, well, it's my money. Why don't I get to, t-? you know, it's my money. We talked about that, right? Where did I get to, should get determined where it goes. No, you don't. Um, number one, it's not yours. It's the Lord's, right? Number two, God will never punish you for being obedient. It's not in his nature. Uh, number three, God's going to hold the people, the leaders of this church accountable for what's done with the resources, right? Uh, so I want you to think about that for just a second. I want you to turn your Bible uh, to 1 Corinthians 9, and we've got to hurry here. And I think it's probably good that Jay didn't do this. So, I, you know, he's, you're not hearing it from him. You're going to hear it from me. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 3. It says, Mine answer, So, actually, let's just start in one. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are, are not you my work in the Lord? So, Paul is already, he is getting criticized by the people. Of the Corinthian church, if I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are ye ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this: Have we not power to eat and drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, as the brethren of the Lord in Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working? So he's talking about you know, do we do we get we get a hand in where the money goes or not? Do we get to you know, partake of some of this? Verse 7, who goeth to warfare at any time at his own charges? So think about that. When a person goes into the military, he doesn't pay his own way to go to Afghanistan or wherever he goes. We as a nation foot that bill. Uh, so keep going. Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? or Who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk Of the flock, say I these things as a man saith, or saith not the law the same also. Verse nine: For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt this is written that he that plougheth should plough in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things. Is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know uh, that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. So I said all that to say this. Um... Your tithe goes not only to everything you see; it's going to go. It goes to your pastor. Uh, it goes uh, to the, to the one that is equipping you. First uh, Timothy five seventeen and eighteen. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the Scripture saith, "Thou shalt not muzzle, muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn." And the laborer is worthy of his reward. And so. Whatever you think your pastor's worth, whatever, you know, pay him double. He didn't say it, I did. And I didn't say it, the Lord did. So, because, you know, you think about all that, you know, we talk about uh, wages and uh, who makes what and that kind of thing. And uh, we got, we're going to watch a game. Some of us later, we're going out to play a game, right? And they make millions of dollars. And yet, you know, sometimes we are complain about sending out money uh, to give to a pastor, right? Um, and so they should just do it because they love the Lord. Yeah, they do love the Lord if their heart's right. Uh, but from Scripture, it tells us that we need to take care of them. And so, you know, Jay put this as we were putting this together. You know, Jay didn't tell me to write this. He's he's completely content. Uh, but we should take care of him. Uh, we and. That's just the bottom line. That's what the Word says. So it's interesting as you go through, as we look through this as far as tithing, uh, there's a, a Barna Research Group you may be aware of, you may not. It's the, uh, they kind of just basically poll churches and see kind of the rates and things like that. So actually, Huntsville One Decatur, as far as tithing, came out pretty good. It came out at 85% uh, for somebody that had donated to charities or nonprofit organizations. Uh, but as far as specifically, excuse me, to tithing as a, ch- as a national average in 2012, only 12% of churches tithe. Uh, and so, you know, what we need to understand is we need some guidance on this and we need to understand, you know, why, uh, it's only 12%, um. And so, lastly, we did—you know—we did the what, we did the when, we did the where, we did the why, uh, and I couldn't figure out how to do how, you know, uh, because it didn't fit in with the W's. Uh, But the last question I want to ask, and so this is where we'll kind of spend and kind of close it up here, is which. uh, That's the last question you want to ask yourself: is which? And so, you, we get to decide. Do we want blessing? Or do we want cursing? Uh, Malachi three should be on the screen. It says, "Will uh, this is verse eight? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me." This is God speaking uh, to His people. But ye say, "Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings." Um, mm, that's tough. Ye are cursed with a curse, and for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. So there's three points in here that we want to look at. Uh, number one, tithing keeps us under the umbrella of God's blessing. Or sorry, I skipped one, my bad. Um, so point number one, thank you Derek, not tithing is robbing from God. Um, you may think, well, how can I rob God? Well, he just said it. Uh, and I, you know, I had this, you know, for those of you that know me, maybe you don't know my history. Um, there was a long time for years that I, I ran from the Lord. And one of the things that I did was this, I robbed God of his tithes and offerings. Uh, and so, you know, my personal testimony is, you know, when Nicole and I got married, you know, we already had some debt that I brought into it. Uh, we ended up having to file for bankruptcy. Um, and you talk about getting humbled quickly. I don't know if anybody has ever been through it. I wouldn't recommend it, Um, but the Lord chastened me, and when I, you know, when, after I started to kind of get back into church and get right, uh, and really kind of repent of some of the things that I had done, this is why he did it. One of the reasons, one of many, uh, is for robbing the Lord, Uh, and I was bringing a curse on myself, uh, tithing number two give, keeps us under the umbrella of God's blessing. He says it right here: "You have, you are cursed with a curse. Why? For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation." And so you know, God's a good God. He's got mercy for all of us. He tells them, you know, even this is the last book, you know, before their silence for three hundred years before before Jesus and John the Baptist come on the scene. Uh, you know, He's still reaching out to them. He's Prove me, try me, bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, and I will not I will open the door windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and there's not gonna be room enough to receive it. Uh, and so, you know, I said earlier, you know, about tithing, is Psalms thirty seven twenty five. I have been I have been young, and now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And so if you just live right, I'm not saying you're gonna you know have your best life now, but God's going to take care of you. He will. He has to. It's in his nature. Number three, tithing gives us protection against the enemy. And who doesn't want that? Uh, You know, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And so, who is this devourer? Well, you know, Satan. 1 Peter 5, 8 says that Satan is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Same word. And so, man, if we tithe, if we do what God is just the bare minimum, then he's going to rebuke the devourer. He's going to, you know, keep keep him away from us. And lastly, uh, tithing results in a testimony to the outside world. Verse 12, And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. And, you know, not... Anything else, you know, I talked about, you know, the building and everything in it. These outreach things are not just so we get to come have a good time. It's so we can reach people with the gospel. You know, that's, that's the purpose of what we do. It's not just so we can slide down the slide or, uh, you know, we can paint our face or all these different. I mean, those things are, you know, great. But if, it's, if the purpose of those activities is not reaching the lost, you know, then we've wasted that tithe. We have. Uh, we have to do it, and so, you know, I would ask you guys, and, you know, just for the sake of time, and we're right at 1215, we're, you know, we won't have a song, but I just want to just kind of close, uh, with just some thoughts that I have. So, number one, you can have $10 and be cursed, or you can have $9 and be blessed, right? Uh, Personally, I'll take the I'll take the nine, uh, and what you're saying to God, and this what's crazy, and that's why I said what I said. You know, if we can trust God with our soul, why can we not trust Him with a dollar or whatever, however that works out? You know, it's his, like I said, it's all His, but that's that's nuts. It's I mean, it really is that you're going to determine. Your God is big enough to keep his hand over your soul but man I'm not going to give you you know 10% of what I make because I can do it better than you there was somebody else that said they could do things better than God and be like the most high that was Satan uh, number three some of us again that's why I shared what I shared you're under a curse right now uh, everything that is going on in our lives you know It's going wrong financially. Is is it because of us robbing God of his tithes and offerings? You know, you may never seem to have enough money. Uh, You know, are we getting devoured from the devourer? You know, well, maybe we can start with our obedience. You know, have we given him the 10%? And so, you know, we obviously live in this society where, you know, it's our best life now. And you can be blessed if you'll just give and give you know and God's going to pour it out uh you know it doesn't mean you're going to be rich there's a lot of people in this bible that were following God they didn't have a lot Paul was getting beat shipwrecked you know distresses uh but there's also some people Job Abraham uh, you know some in the New Testament you look at some of the people that had you know the churches in their homes those people were being blessed as well uh, there's blessing in the midst of whatever circumstance you find yourself. Uh, and be content in that. That's one of the things we'll kind of get to over the next few weeks. And the thing about it is God's waiting for you to be obedient. Uh, a lot of people think of that, you know, why is God not blessing me? Well, what What are you being obedient about? You know? I mean, why would he bless you? Uh, and lastly, you know, as we'll close with this as, as we think about this for a second, some of us maybe, and I've been there, uh, you may think you can't afford to tithe. You may look at your finances and look at the uh, what you make, and uh, I just can't afford to give 10%. You may say that. I've said that. Uh, I would humbly say to you, you can't afford not to. So uh, let's stand. I want to pray. If you want to come, you know, uh, getting this altar uh, and deal with God, man, He's waiting for you. He, he's faithful. Uh, I would challenge you, just over the, you know, some of us maybe haven't tithed. I will challenge you to tithe for ninety days and see what God does in your life. Just try it. Um, if you need help with, uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys. People know me. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not a spreadsheet guy, and I don't really kind of... There's some people in this church that can help you as far as making budgets. Uh, You know, we've I actually got some help from a friend, you know, from Greg Wimpey, who's the assistant or one of the executive pastors at Oakland Heights. He's made a spreadsheet out that has a budget that you can kind of go through. There's some people in this church that have, you know, taught financial peace. Jay's really good at it as well. Uh, So if you need help with some of that, just like me, Ask for it. We'd love to help you. So, you know, while we have just a moment to pray, uh, if you want to come get in the altar, uh, you can.